now. Oh, man. We're Wait, still in quarantine. We are still in quarantine. That is exactly it. We are like punch drunk at this point. <laughs> punch drunk in quarantine. Uh, maybe that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> uh, if you're new to the Crate Podcast, welcome. And if you just found us during quarantine, we're so excited that we can um, amuse you or be with you or spend time with you while you're in quarantine. For many places around the world, um, the quarantine is beginning to look different. Uh, for us in New York, both Kristen and I are in New York at this moment, uh, we're still in it. We're still, we have not yet reached even phase one. We are still in it. So this podcast is called We Are Still in Quarantine. <laughs> and we thought it would be so much fun to talk about, well, since we're still in quarantine, what are we learning? Like what's coming up for us? What's our leading edge of growth? Who, whose teachings are we digging on? And while we're still here in quarantine, there must be a reason. We must be learning something. So we're just going to jam out with y'all and tell you what that is. All the things. One thing that I have noticed that I think is very important if we talk about the things that we're learning is that I have noticed that there's a deep place of judgment in my heart. Tell me all about it. Well, as you know, I've been spending as much time as possible in a mask, socially distancing in Central Park, because otherwise I am only in the, you know, 600 square feet of my very small New York apartment. That's decorated so well. Well, thank you. I I have spent much of my quarantine time redecorating. What I have noticed when I'm walking through the Ramble, which are these beautiful little walking trails in Central Park, is that I'm a little jumpy. (laughs) Because at any given moment, there are little animals scurrying around. And I've just realized that the rats I'm very judgmental about and like to run away from. But the squirrels, I'm kind of like, eh, it's a squirrel. But they're, they're kind of similar. And I, I just want to out myself that I've given rats the bad rep. Because in truth, neither a squirrel nor rat have ever done anything against me. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. They actually treat me equally, which is when they see me coming, they clear the path. They let me do my thing. They don't get in my way. They don't bother me. Like they both actually treat me with equality. But I've noticed that I have a judgment for the one that doesn't have the fluffy tail. And I just want to out myself that that's something I learned about myself in quarantine. (laughs) Thank you for being vulnerable and outing your, your judgments. We will hold the space for you, Nad. Maybe you can heal your relationship with rats during this quarantine time. Well, I think there's something in it because also I do have a a friend who I went to high school with who recently moved to Paris and they have pet rats and they're teaching their children, you know, that they're animals just like a hamster or a gerbil or anything else and, you know, not to give them a bad rep. But when I see pictures of the family holding the rats, I just scroll as fast as I can. (laughs) So there's some healing that wants to happen there. I have this vision that one day you're going to have children that want to have rats as pets. And they're going to go visit Aunt Kristen with their ah! friends. <laughs> anyway, friends, we do promise we've been learning more than this on quarantine. I just thought that'd be a nice soft opener for us so that we can release any judgment to, to, I mean, honestly, not that there was an ulterior motive, but just to say this is a strange time. And what comes up for us and what we're noticing about ourselves and what we're learning and what we're experiencing, no judgment on any of it. It's all just um, opportunities to get into more intimacy with ourselves. So. Well, and it's a fun time to play this game. Whatever's coming up for me right now, 
is exactly what is meant to come up for me right now. Mm. And if I can release my judgment to it and open completely and love and appreciate whatever's showing up, then I have the ability to have it teach me. Yeah. Yeah. And on that tip, something I've been experimenting with is changing my language around I have to blank to I get to blank. Mm-hmm. Even that small shift for me of like, oh, I have to take out the trash. Oh, I have to take the laundry. Oh, I have to answer these emails. Oh, I have to, I have to, I have to. Is a different energy than, oh, I, I get to do this. I get to do this. I have another day on this planet. I get to do this. And that small reframe is enough to move things out of obligation and struggle and towards opportunity. And, you know, this is another day at life and we don't know how many of them we get. And I certainly don't want to spend the quarantine days thinking, well, those days don't really count. I'll start living my life again once this is over because we don't know how many more were promised. So even just those little frames going through the day can be powerful. Something that I uh, did with one of my clients is we started playing the game. How do I want to feel right now? So as I go into these different segments of my life, kind of like Abraham Hicks segment intending, how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel in this podcast with Natalie? How do I want to feel as I make my dinner? How do I want to feel as I call my parents and check in? And that just asking that question invokes my power. Mm. It allows me to be the creator who then realizes I have the decision and then I can kind of like, paint the scene that way that's it well it's really funny because out of that question how do I want to feel I ended up booking this really like sexy session with my friend who is a photographer and she shot many of my girlfriends and she does these like sessions she calls them virtual magic sessions and there's very kind of she's facetiming you doing a photo shoot so she's actually shooting you doing FaceTime, but this thing happens where all of a sudden it's like super magical and sacred and wild and rambunctious and mystical. And we're using objects, sacred objects, and the whole thing becomes so fun. But I had a desire to be in this like creative flow. And it came right after you and I shot the film. So for those of you who are listening, Natalie and I did this really fun 24-hour film challenge. I wouldn't even call it 24-hour. It was like six hours. (laughs) I know. Like the night beforehand, they had me make a little video saying what kind of movie I'd I'd be interested in making. The next morning, I got the script and I sent it to Natalie and I was like, well, we're shooting an hour and we're going to have about three hours to shoot the whole thing. Yeah. But it was so fun, right? It was so, so fun because all we had was play and instincts and knowing that there was no seeking perfectionism in any of it. Like Mm -hmm. all we had was the process and how much fun the process could be of creating something as two best friends together and the beautiful backdrop of an almost empty central park. Right. We made a socially distanced film and what it, like I had so much fun with you that day. We got to ha- be creative. We got to be silly. We also got to like go deep into some emotional scenes. And I had that feeling of like, oh, I just love to create things. I'm here on this planet to create things. And 
no matter what my resources are, there's always resources to be creative. And I was like, how can I invoke even more of that into my life? So then I was like, I'm going to book one of those photo sessions that I know that my friend does. So, uh, and we'll put, we'll put it in the links in case you ever want to go check them out. Yeah. Um, So I did this session with her that I felt like I was channeling my inner Stevie Nicks, 1970s folk rock singer and my hair was big and I had all the crystals around me and I felt all witchy. If anyone is not following Kristen at Hangy Love on the Insta, you must go see these pictures. They're so cool. Well, I posted one with uh, me and a guitar and and my friend Jeff McLean reached out to me, who's a vocal coach. I actually think he's like a vocal shaman and was like, I want to give you a free voice lesson. And I was like, yes, because I am saying yes to life and I'm saying yes to how creative can I be during this quarantine? Like while I can't actually go out and make a musical or do a big budget film, I can still make things and I can still get the high of being creative with myself. So then I had this session with him today. And like, right before we started this podcast, I was telling Natalie, I got all these spiritual downloads from him through this voice lesson. And one of them was when your voice is creating sound, how do you not judge the sound that it's creating, but love and appreciate whatever it is that's coming through you. Mm. So just like we're learning in quarantine to love and appreciate here's our circumstances, here's the resources we have, here's what's going on, how I can love and appreciate wherever, whatever the state of my voice is right now, I can also learn to love and appreciate the curriculum that's coming up in my life right now. Yeah, and really that thing of the honoring of process, the honoring of, I don't only celebrate when the mountain is climbed, I celebrate every step along the way as something that's teaching me and healing me and changing me and transforming me. And it really makes me think that when we're very results or perfectionist or in psychology, we call it the unrelenting standard that we're always trying to catch up with or prove ourselves worthy of. Whenever we're in that mode, we're, we're constantly telling ourselves a story of not yet, not right, not good enough. Like, I'm not right yet. I'm not singing the note right yet. The, the, the sound isn't right yet. Like, it's not right yet. So if the message is, I'm not right yet, then what I'm telling my body all day long is, there's something wrong with you. You're wrong. So what often will manifest as a chronic belief or as chronic conditioning is more reasons why things just feel wrong right? My relationship feels wrong. My body size feels wrong. This quarantine feels wrong. How people are handling things around me feels wrong. And then all of a sudden, when everything feels like, well, no matter what I do, it's going to be wrong anyway, that's the death of creation. It's a death of even having the desire to create anything because you're serving a standard that's actually killing the process of its birth. Yes. Well, you know, I've been teaching my online writing class right now. So this is like the deep conversation we're having is how do you not cut off the expression before it gets on the page? And that is you can't judge it. 
beforehand. You have to see that there's a stain inside of you that wants to get out on the page, right? It wants to come through you. And if you're busy trying to judge it or contort it, it can't get out. And then I was having this voice lesson with, with Jeff today, and he was basically saying the same thing, that you have to allow whatever that sound is to, to say, go, oh, that's the perfect expression of where I am right now. It's the perfect expression of my heart. It's the perfect expression of my emotions. And so instead of trying to change it or judge it to fit some sort of standard out in the world, how can I love what is naturally coming through me? And then this is when he like hit me in the face with his wisdom. He said, we won't find our voice outside of ourselves. So, so many of us want to, to, judge ourselves by like, how do I sound from the outside? Do I sound like Celine Dion, right? Am I doing all the, where's my pitch? Where's my tone? But we like leave ourselves. We leave our emotional body. We go outside of ourselves in order to judge ourselves. And in doing so, we're in self-abandonment. And it made me think of every time I've ever been in a conversation with someone and I had something I wanted to say purely from my heart, but then I saw their reaction and I left my body and I started to contort my words and what I was saying in order to make it maybe more palatable or sound nicer, as opposed from staying inside of my body and speaking directly from my heart and my truth. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm never going to find my voice outside of myself. Wow. Almost like the sound that is made inside of you is a different sound that gets projected outside of you. Christy Marsden, one of my favorite yogic gurus and teachers who I've ever worked with, uh, said the myth of communication is that it's ever actually happening, (laughs) right? Because it's like, well, there's what I'm thinking there's there's what I'm saying, then there's what you're hearing, and then you're responding to me based on what you heard, not what I said, and then I respond to what I heard, not to what you said. So <laughs> there's all this like mismatch of communication, and we're only ever seeing things from the I perspective, usually not the we perspective. And so there's something really interesting that the sound that my voice is making is an internal one. And the same way Elizabeth Gilbert says, when I write something, while I'm writing it, it's, it's mine. And as soon as, like, it's, as soon as I'm finished writing it, now it belongs to the audience. Now it belongs to everybody else. And, and it's not mine anymore. It's almost like the minute the sound comes out of your mouth, it isn't yours anymore. Your relationship with your own voice is the vibration of what it moves inside of you to make the sound, but the sound is kind of none of our business. And what people think of the sound is certainly none of our business. Which makes me think of that uh, interview that you did with Elizabeth Gilbert that is on our Create Facebook page. And if our listeners don't know, um, you were, uh, you did like a question on this interview with Elizabeth Gilbert. And I had such a great time watching that. One of the things that she said that really struck me in that interview was the deal I made with writing or creativity was that I was going to finish things, not that they would be any good. Like I am a person who finishes things and then I release them to the world. 
And to me, that's really being focused on your voice. I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to say if it's good or if it's bad. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm, and I'm going to get it all the way out there and I'm going to release it. Mm. I think, you know, we get congestion. We either get a little bit out and then we stop. We don't finish maybe the thing that we're creating or the thing we want to say, or we don't fully release it. Maybe we just keep it in our own journal or we tell one person, but not everyone. We are holding this thing that is inside of us back. It's like we're holding our own soul back. Mm. Mm. It makes me think that when you sent me the script and said, hey, you know, can I think you said, like, can you be ready in an hour or an hour and a half? It was something along these lines. And I hadn't even, like, really read the script yet. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to, like, throw on hair and makeup, which will take me, you know, like, 45 minutes. And then that'll give me, like, 45 minutes to just, like, look over the script, and then I'll be ready to go. And then, like, as I'm looking at the script, I'm like, oh, this is, a, this is like, eight pages. Yeah. And it's all me talking. Like, it's yep. just, like, eight pages of monologues. And so much. there was a hip-hop dance section. Yep. <laughs> and a, a bunch of other things. And so, I, th- I don't know, remember if I called you or I texted you. You called me. Yeah. And I was like, Kristen, I'm good. I'm not this good. <laughs> I was like, and you were like, well, like, let's just see what happens. Like, we'll take it in bits. We'll take it in pieces. And I do remember that, and thankfully my actor resistance is really low now because I've, I've just gotten to so many spiritual tools around being an actor. Thank goodness. Cause without them, I would have quit acting a long time ago. And now I get to just love it. I, the, the resistance meter was so low that there was the inkling to come up and say, well, you have to go online and watch hip hop dancing videos and you have to learn how to be really good at that. And, and how are you going to memorize it? And like, start memorizing your lines. And literally I was like, I'll look at the script once I'm on set. I'll figure out how to hip hop dance when I need to. And I walked to the bathroom and I put on some Abraham Hicks and I did my makeup and I listened to music and I just let it go because, you know, obviously if, I'm, you know, Natalie Portman and I'm getting cast in Black Swan and I have eight months to prepare and learn how to be a ballet dancer. I will show up every day and learn how to be a ballet dancer. How wonderful. But when you have 45 minutes ahead of you and the option is try to learn something out of stress and fear or relax and let this day be joyful and it'll be a process and whatever it is, I trust in its enoughness. And then ultimately what was so joyful is we just ran around the park and had so much fun. And because there was so little preparation, our muses got to really play with each other and it all felt so organic. And it felt like these little gem moments came out that we wouldn't have seen in hours or days or weeks of prep. And it was such a a treat that, um, then the writer, when he saw what we did with his piece, reached out and was like, wait, like, I can't believe what you guys did in such a short time. And almost, almost what I got from his reflection, not that this is what he said, but this is what I heard, was almost like, and you found things in there that like, I didn't even know was in there. And that's, I think, what happens when you give yourself permission to let your voice express itself in its process, not for it to be good 
or for it to please or impress anybody. In the same way, if we have a conversation with someone and I'm not trying to convince them that I'm right, or I'm not trying to people please them, or I'm not trying to get a result out of the conversation, I'm just showing up to the conversation so that I can have the experience of being the person who says what is meaningful for me to say, regardless of if someone hears it or gets it or not. Well, that's everything. And that we couldn't have had the day that we had if we were in stress and fear and pushing. We wouldn't have been able to find all of those nuggets. And it would not have been fun. And it would not have been fun. And, you know, there's this girl who's in my writing class. Her name is Yale. And I've actually asked her because this, she wrote this thing and it like was so good. I was like, I, can I get your consent to share this? Because it's so great. And, you know, she, she signed up for my class going, I don't know if I'm a writer, but I just have this vision of this book. I'm an artist, but I want to write these little things and like little blurbs of nuggets of insight in her own process of self-realization And she wrote this piece uh, based off this Elizabeth Gilbert quote that um, not many people talk about the word relaxed when it comes to successful people. And she was talking about she had all these years in corporate America and people were filled with anxiety and wanting to make more money and how much have we gotten ahead and it didn't seem to help them. And kind of the quote that she had at the end of this paragraph that like hit me in the face is the secret that most people don't know is that the most powerful people in the world are relaxed. That because, because when you're relaxed, you can be open to inspiration. When you are relaxed, then you can let spirit flow through you. And the gift that we got that day is there was no time (laughs) for us to do anything but be in the state of play and joy and relaxation right and because of that we got to really have this incredible day together and I was so proud of what we were able to do just like on my iPhone in a couple of hours that I watched that night I couldn't stop watching it I watched it over and over again it's so narcissistic as an actor to watch your own take over and over. But it wasn't that I was even watching myself. I was watching a love story that you and I created. And I was yeah. watching the love story of our friendship manifest in a creative pro- project. And I was watching what it looks like to be fully surrendered and in full play in a quote-unquote professional setting, right? Where you mm. take those childlike being on the playground having recess identities and you put it into abundance principles or you put it into a business situation or you put it into writing a New York Times bestseller and of course of course it doesn't work differently well it reminds me of all this art that you're kind of seeing on Facebook and Instagram and social media is people are just home bored and then like they have to bake bread (laughs) they they have to do a video with their wife like people just have to express themselves somehow and it's this real generous open-hearted sharing of I just have to play yeah I'm creating out of the spontaneous desire to make something and it's so pure and it's so beautiful and I think that's one of the great lessons we can take from quarantine is so when the pressure is off why why do we make things? Because it's fun. Yeah. And because it fills something that nothing else fills. Yeah. Like there's no one that sits down and 
spends 10 hours responding to emails and going, wow, that felt really good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like maybe it feels like a relief. Mm-hmm. Maybe it feels like, oh, I, I feel productive. I feel relief. But it certainly doesn't feel inspired or it doesn't enliven passion or it doesn't make you feel like the juice flowing through your body the way the creative process does. Because that's what we want, right? We want to feel more alive. And so that creativity flowing through us is what gives us access to our own aliveness. This is something I've learned from running because I, I, you know, all my life have not been a runner, whether it's my knee or my hip or whatever. There's always the reason why I'm not a good runner. And I just decided to take it on really gently to be in Central Park because, you know, all the studios I love to go and do dance classes and different things were closed. And I was running in the park and I was just noticing that running just my brain was going a mile a minute. It wasn't that relaxing for me. My body wasn't used to it. Something happened when I started listening to the Hamilton soundtrack when I was running. And ultimately, it's, it's this kind of like epic tale of people building the greatest city in the world, right? As they say in the musical, the greatest city in the world. And the, the fight for, you know, what this place could be and who we could be in it. And literally, there would be moments when I was running and I would just feel chills going all up and down my body with the endorphins of just moving my body, but also just the, the, the inspiration of the creativity of this project. Like I would think so many times like of um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I'm like, how did he think of that? How did, what, what was going on in his brain that that came, like, you know, and then uh, thinking of these voices that I'm hearing in my speakers and how much fun they must have had in the studio and the whole thing is so infused with joy and energy and spirit that something was happening to me, I think also in terms of what's happening in the world with so much divide and separation and is this the America we really built and we really wanted and all these things. There was something about getting back to like the very grassroots of how much fun singing and dancing is and how much fun it is to build something and to dream about something and to dream about something that's never been made before. And it like really inspires me to think of these, you know, whether this is an accurate telling or not, (laughs) but like these young, scrappy, hungry kids that were like with the ladies and doing their thing, building the country. And it's like, of course, of course it came from the dreamers and the rebels. Of course. And like many people talking about building something out of inspiration, I am one of many who've been reading Glennon Doyle's Untamed during time, which is so good. It just rocks me. I read like one chapter a morning because I don't want to like it to end. I just want to save her. And she keeps talking about when someone comes to her with a problem and says, I'm having a problem in my marriage or with my child or in my career, like she'll say, well, what is the greatest vision of a marriage you can imagine? Can you write down the greatest vision of a career that you could imagine? And how imagination is the bridge into creating something new that we love. And that makes me think of like, when you think of Lin-Manuel Miranda, 
I mean, he talks about being on vacation and reading the biography of Hamilton, that his imagination was like, I can see and hear and feel something that I would love to create. And so as we look at our lives right now, we have the ability to go, what do I want to imagine that I would love? Whether that is a story I want to write, that's a career I want to create for myself, that's a family I want to have, we get to evoke imagination for the process of creating new life anywhere that we feel like our expression wants to grow. Mm. And if it makes us feel good, then it'll probably make the world feel good when it's unleashed, right? Yes. That's the, that's the paradox. Do it for you. Do it for your joy. Do it for your salvation. And then wonderfully, magically, you get to see that like, other people will get to have the same experience of it. Because it can't make others feel good if you're not having a good time doing it. Yeah. Right? That's when we put that like cart before the horse or there's that Thomas Merton quote that I love about you've been climbing the ladder only to find out the ladder has been against the wrong wall the whole time. So I think part of this whole time, we know that something in our system isn't working. Like we know we've been chasing the wrong things. We've been having priorities that don't work for our lives. And I really think it's because we haven't been putting love first. What does my heart love? What does my heart want to create? What can I fall so in love with that I can't wait to realize it in my life and in my world? And when we keep chasing things like security or something that feels like a sure thing or at least this will be reliable, we're, we're settling for an existence that we're not madly in love with. And then we're not madly in love with our own life. And who else, you know, there's, then there's no attraction factor. Yeah. Who can be madly in love with it. Yeah. And one thing that I've been really present to during this quarantine too, is just being radically honest with, with myself. Mm. Radically honest to say so many of us walk around the world saying, I want this more than anything. I love this person more than anything. I want uh, this life, this job. I want to live in the city more than anything. But it's not actually true to what our day-to-day actions are. And often there's underlying energy underneath of it that's contrasting. Ooh, snaps. Talk about that. (laughs) So I could say I want to be a writer more than anything. And I, and I feel it and I mean it. That's all, like, when I, when I think about doing it, that's all I want to do. But then I get up and the thought of going to the computer is like, eh, it's the last on the list. Oh, I'll procrastinate. Oh, there's, there's something else to do. Uh, I'm not in the mood. I'm not inspired. Uh, I need a different circumstance in order to do it. So actually, your words and actions are incongruent, which is not... And many of us in that frame will then say, well, I need to shame myself. There's something wrong with me that I'm being lazy or procrastinating or not doing the thing I say I love. But actually the thing to investigate is what is the energy underneath the sabotage? And maybe what it is is actually what I want more than anything is to feel safe. 
And writing makes me feel like I might have to like quit my job and not be safe. Mm. So if the under, if there's an underlying disconnect where it's like, then the opportunity is to say, let me just get radically honest with what's really running the show. And if what's really running the show is I just have a deep desire to feel safe, then know that that is more important to you than being a writer. And that's okay. And when you start to nurture yourself and take care of yourself and stop shaming yourself to the point where you feel safe, you will also be a writer. Ooh, yeah. You build that internal safety. You become the container. Like we were talking about before we got on this podcast, becoming the container that can hold. Exactly. So if you notice a place in your life where you're saying, well, if it wasn't for quarantine, I would do this. Or if it wasn't for my lack of money, I would do this. Or the thing I really want to do is be an actor. The thing I've always wanted to do is be a singer. The thing I, you know, if if I didn't have kids that were, you know, running around all the time, I would be doing this with my time. Then actually say to yourself, okay, let's put all that on the side for now. What's the real underlying energy that's running that really wants my attention. Well, what I, what I really am craving in my life is, is ease. Cool. Well, then know that your desire to be an actor can totally fit into a life filled with ease, but not in the paradigm you have created right now. Yeah. So give yourself ease. Give yourself gentleness. Stop putting pressure on yourself to do every tape or read every article or do everything. What does it look like to be living in your ease? Once you have that, the energy flowing through your body will also make it easy to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I love that using the energy that you want to create in your life to call in these parts of you that you also want to develop so you're like setting the stage for how you create your life yeah that's really lovely and so this is a real opportunity in terms of like getting congruent with your voice as as you were saying like really understanding your voice and what that expression is for you're not here to be anything like I'm not here to be Natalie Roy even because that's just a name and you could change my name and I'm going to be still what I am and it has nothing to do with that name that you give me or you could say Natalie you can you know never be friends with Kristen again and I would be so sad but the 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 Natalie the the thing that I am remains that the energy that I am if you take my job away if you take my titles away if you take my house that I live in away if you take it all away I remain. So obviously I am not those things. What I am is the animating energy that gets brought to all those things. Oh, yes. And then that energy to know that we, because we are the dreamer of our life and we are the ones who are in charge of that energy, we get to do whatever we want with it. We get the choice. We have the free will. And there is kind of like no right and wrong as long as we're not harming anyone else, right? But whatever choice we want to make with that energy, however we want to dream our life is great. And we need the process of creating in order to learn. Like one of the things Jeff said today on um, 
in our lesson is I won't punish myself for process. Mm. So he was saying like in learning singing, at some point you're going to crack or you're going to hit a wrong note or you're going to go off tune and let's not punish ourselves for the learning process. And that just broke my heart open because I started to think about my life and all the places where I feel quote unquote, I've made a mistake where, Oh, well, looking back now, I would have made this choice instead of that one, or, oh, I wish I had acted this way instead of that, but that I can't punish myself for process, Mm. that I needed the road, I needed the experience, I needed everything that I have ever gone through to know who I am now, and what now I want to create, what now I want to dream up. And I can only know it through experimentation. And that experimentation is super holy. Yeah. It makes me think, uh, you know, as I've been learning French because my love speaks French and I speak English. So he's learned English and I'm learning French. And he says, whenever you're learning a new language, you have to forget a word seven times before you know it. So if I punish myself the fifth time I forget the word and I stop trying, I don't learn the word. But if I know that those forgetting but the, every time I forget is me learning it. Yes. Every time I make the mistake, every time I say the wrong thing, every time I fail at that audition, every time I don't book the job, every time I say the wrong thing and have the breakup, that is me getting my perfect partnership. That is me moving towards the jobs that are perfect for me. That is me getting the life of my dreams. Yeah, it's like every time we make a mistake, we can like put our arms up in the air and cheer and go, I'm getting closer. I'm on my path. And not only am I getting closer, but the fabric of everything I want is only sewn by these things that I think I don't want. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's all intertwined. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really a moment, and I think that the lesson of the overarching lesson of this podcast is, can you just be gentle with yourself? Can you be curious? Can you be gentle? Can you allow yourself to be in a process? Can you allow your country to be in a process? Can you allow the world to be in a process? Can you allow your family members to be in a process? Can you allow that everyone is at the perfect point in their journey for this moment? And so am I. It's just yeah. right. Yeah. And when we just relax into that process, there's a process that's taking place. I don't have to be in charge of it. <laughs> the only thing I have to do is go inside, mm. connect with this voice in me, this expression in me, or something in me that wants to be known by me. And I will only know it through going through the process. That's how it's revealed to me. And in the same way, I think there's so much perfection in nature. It starts as a seed and it becomes an oak tree. There's a process and the process is perfect. Otherwise, it would have just showed up as an oak tree, right? If creativity wasn't meant to have a process, if we weren't meant to have a process, we wouldn't show up as babies who don't know how to walk and talk. Yes, all inlaid in the perfection of it that we don't know so that we can know. And if we can surrender to that every time we are lost in confusion and we think we don't know and we think we need to, it's like, if I don't know, it's because it's perfect that I don't know. I don't need to know yet. The unfolding of it is the magic. 
all the time writers say to me, is it okay if I don't know the ending yet? And I go, if you don't know the ending yet, you're not supposed to know the ending yet. It will be revealed to you exactly when you need it. So good. (laughs) The universe is self-correcting, right? And perhaps this is why we're still in quarantine because we don't know what we don't know. And it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Friends, we love you. And we want to thank you for listening to the Create Podcast. And we hope that your quarantine is filled with insight and learning and highs and lows and all the beautiful things that make your process human and messy and perfect in its imperfection. If you want a little assistance from us along the way, you can check out our website, thecreateseries.com. And we have some amazing courses for how to manifest your dream, for how to manifest epic relationships with yourself and your purpose and other people. And we have a create book that you can check out if you want to bring a dream into manifestation. There's so many fun things there for you. And of course, many episodes of the podcast. So we hope that you spend some more time with us. We love you. We love you wherever you are in quarantine. Thank you for listening to us and letting us be your girlfriends. Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing your dream on the planet. And if you like this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C period R period E period A period T period E period community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend? 